Amen. You guys go ahead and have your seats. Well, good morning. Everybody doing well? Yes? Kind of? Are the kids doing well? You're sleepy? You live in my house. I know how much sleep you got last night. You should be good. You're sleepy too? You yawn? Your dad was singing. He probably saw you. Well, good morning. My name is Adam Young. I'm the lead pastor here at Element Church. We want to welcome you to church this morning um, for a special weekend, and it's special in so many ways. Now, uh, there are a few things that are obvious, right? You walked in, and there's tables full of goodies, and usually on holiday weekends here, we like to change it up and do some special things um, just just to make it different, just uh, to give us opportunities to do new things Uh, as well as to spend some more intentional time together. So as soon as church is over today, and our service is going to be a little shorter, we'll end a little earlier. So if your stomach is growling, you're going to be okay. We'll uh, we'll wrap this up quick as we can. And uh, so as soon as church is over, um, we'll have a taco bar. We're going to sit down, eat food together. And as Jay mentioned earlier, we do have a salsa and queso contest. Salsa is in what you eat, not how you move. Um, I said that I the first thing I said like two weeks ago when I announced it, I was like, Hey, we're going to have a salsa contest. Like half the church was petrified and the others were like, yeah. And I'm like, no, not, not that kind of salsa. So, um, although if you want to dance, feel free. We, you know, we're, we're cool with that here at this church. So, um, so anyways, as soon as church is over, we're going to sit down and enjoy some good food and just get to know each other a little better. And we like to do that occasionally, especially on holiday weekends. It's also special because we have um, our older kids in here this week. And um, so we do have nursery care for the little ones, but um, we thought it'd be good for everyone to be together. Plus, it gives our um, children's workers a little bit of a break for a week. And so uh, they'll do great in here, and I'm sure they'll remind me to make sure I don't preach too long Um, because I'll be able to watch their attention spans. But you shouldn't have sat in the first row. That's that's like lesson number one of big church. So you guys will learn after today. So no passing notes, because I'll see it. Yeah, well... I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep my eye on you. So uh, they'll do great. Great, we're excited to have them. It's also a great great weekend for other reasons. Um, tomorrow's Labor Day, which means most of us don't have to work. Hands of those who do have to work tomorrow, all the moms. <laughs> That's true. Uh, so for you that do have to work, we apologize. The rest of us are gonna be lazy tomorrow, anyways. So we get a three day weekend and. College football started this weekend. Thank goodness. Oh, it, yesterday was such a good day. I got to go to the Air Force game yesterday, uh, which was a lot of fun. Air Force looks pretty good this year. And, um, and to make it even sweeter, my Oklahoma State Cowboys throttled whatever JV team they were playing yesterday. Um, it was actually, as Ryan reminded me, the, the Water Boys alma mater, Southeast Louisiana State. And uh, so that was nice. And then the team I hate more than any other team in this world, the Oklahoma Sooners lost, which just brings my heart so much joy. So um, all around, it's been a great weekend. Now, um, if you're new with us, you kind of got a little snapshot. We're doing some things different today, um, but I also want to catch you up on where we've been. 
We are going to be in John chapter 3 for just a little bit today. We're doing a series where we're walking through the gospel of John. Now, sometimes that means we just go verse by verse by verse by verse and walk through it. And sometimes we take a pause, we, we do something a little different, still stay in the gospel of John. But right now, we're in, we're, we just are finishing up chapter 2 and walking into chapter 3. Now, if you're, if you're normally here, you, you know that usually my style is we'll read through the passage and then I'm going to go back and I'm going to stop and I'm going to just really land on maybe a key phrase or a clause or a word that holds a lot of significance where a lot of the weight of the text rests maybe on one question or one sentence or one word. And we spend a lot of time looking at those finer details. And I hope that usually that's really helpful for you to give you new insight uh, into the text. And usually the way we lead through our messages is by asking questions like, what does this word mean? Or why would Jesus ask this kind of question? Or why would Jesus ask a question at all if, if he's the son of God and knows things? Uh, so we like to stop and ask good questions. And one of the reasons we do a lot of these kind of sermons, walking through texts together, is not only because it's informative, uh, but it also teaches us and reinforces a great way to read the Bible. And the, great way, the greatest way to read the Bible is to ask good questions. And that's step one. And then having the patience and the diligence and the perseverance to try to find the answers to those questions. But one of the greatest things you can do when you're reading the Bible is ask good questions. And it'll lead you on a journey of discovery. But today, we're not going to stop and focus on a bunch of, or a few just really minor details. We're actually going to look at a bigger picture. So we're going to move a little faster through our text and look for a theme that runs throughout it, okay? So I'm going to read the text. It's, it's a good little uh, section, and then we're going to make an observation on, some, uh, on a theme that's running throughout it. So I'm actually going to be in John chapter 2, verse 23. You may have to turn the page over or something, because that's where we left off last week. And the reason we're going to start chapter 3 by beginning in chapter 2 is because I hope you recognize this, that the verse and the chapters um, were added much later uh, in history. So, so when John wrote his gospel, he certainly didn't put little chapter numbers and verse numbers. Those were added much later. Okay? Um, the chapters were added in the, 14th, uh, the 1400s. Um, the, the verses were added in the late 1500s. And just for the same reason that you and I have a house with an address, it makes it easier to find. Um, so sometimes the verses can throw you off a little bit. And, and I think actually it's best to see starting verse with 23 to correspond to chapter three, and you'll see how that flows together. So let's read together. If you have your Bible, uh, or whether it's your phone or your tablet, you open up the Bible app, however you got there. Let's start in verse 23. Now, when he, talking about Jesus, was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing. But Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them because he knew all people, and he needed no one to bear witness about man, for he knew what was in man. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews, This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel at what that I have said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it Excuse me. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so, the, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Now, I recognize that was a lot to say. That was a lot to read and a lot to follow along with. <coughs> Excuse me. But what I want us to do is to look at a theme that's running through this that gives us insight into what it is that Jesus is trying to accomplish here. So if you go back to the end of chapter 2, when we started in verse 23, it said and referenced the crowd that many were in Jerusalem and many believed in his name when they saw the signs. That's key. That's a theme that runs throughout the Gospel of John. One that we've already seen and witnessed. That the people have seen the signs that Jesus has performed And it's captured their attention. Those signs being the miracles that he's done. The water to wine. The the raising of the crippled man. The the giving sight to the blind. Feeding the 5,000. Walking on the water. Healing the centurion's son. And then ultimately raising Lazarus up from the dead. Right? The crowd has seen these things and it's captured their attention. The crowd saw the signs. So now we have this religious leader named Nicodemus who comes up to Jesus and wants to know where Jesus comes from. Because why? The religious leaders have seen the signs as well. And this is Jesus' response in verse 3. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So we're still dealing with sight, but Jesus has just flipped flipped it around. So, so the crowd and the religious leaders and everyone involved has seen these outward miracles that Jesus has performed. And it's captured their attention. But it hasn't captured their attention the way Jesus wants them to. They're impressed by these miraculous deeds that he has done. But they're just seeing what's on the surface. Jesus right now is trying to switch their attention. He's trying to switch their focus to something deeper. And, and when, with all these people talking about the signs Jesus has performed, Jesus says, you cannot be, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So we've just gone from physical realities to spiritual realities. Do you catch that transition that Jesus threw in there? Everyone's focused on the outside appearance of what it is that Jesus is doing. Jesus has just flipped it. 
Now he's talking about seeing spiritual things. Well, Nicodemus has a response like most of us would had we been in that situation. And Jesus says this, Truly, truly, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. So now Jesus is trying to separate these two realities. There's a physical reality that we all live in, we all deal with, and there's a spiritual reality, and this is the place Jesus is trying to take him. He's trying to take this religious leader, and he's also trying to take the crowds. Jesus says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So is it, so it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Here's what Jesus is doing. The Greek word pneuma is translated both wind and spirit. So Jesus is doing a play on words to emphasize and to reinforce what it is that he's doing here. There's a physical reality and there's a spiritual reality. Jesus is trying to take us from one to the other. And so here he does a play on words. There's the wind and you understand how that works. That's a physical reality that all of us can relate to. The wind comes, and we don't know where it comes from. We don't control it, and we don't control where it goes. So it is with the Spirit. He's making this connection. There's a physical reality, and there's a spiritual reality. And he's trying to bridge that gap. Jesus says later in verse 12, I have told you, earthly things and you do not believe how can you believe if i tell you heavenly things again we get this same idea and then back up to verse 11 jesus says truly truly i say to you we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen now we get this idea of sight again this is where jesus draws a line in the sand for us He says, we speak and understand the realities that we've seen and experienced. He's just drawn a line in the sand for this religious leader who's come to discuss and confront him in the middle of the night. In the middle of the night so none of the other religious leaders will see or know what he's doing. And Jesus draws a line in the sand. And he says, naturally we talk about what we've seen and experienced. And it's a confrontation to Nicodemus. If you don't talk about spiritual things, if all you can see and talk about are the physical things, then now we know where your experience lies. Now we know why you're having a hard time understanding, how you're, why you're having a hard time making the connection and filling the gaps that are here. So how do we go from one to the other? How do we go from the physical reality to the spiritual reality? How do we make that jump? John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, And people loved the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes to the light so that it may be clearly seen that his works 
have been carried out in God. So Jesus ends this discussion by bringing it back to eyesight when he starts talking about light and darkness. Kids, you guys know how this works, right? When you've done something wrong, you try to hide, right? When you're supposed to clean your room and you don't want to, you just hide your stuff by pushing it under your bed, right? Not for you? I know for one over here that's true. You push stuff under her bed? Oh. You did? See, that's the way it works, right, kids? What? You did? So, listen, you kids know how this works. If you're scared or if you're in trouble, the easiest thing to do is to hide. Because if we come into the light, what happens? If, if you did something wrong, what happens? Your parents see you. When you've done something wrong, you want to hide so no one knows, so no one can see you, right? Because if they see you, now you're in trouble, right? That's what Jesus is talking about here. That when we mess up and we do wrong, we naturally want to hide. We like darkness because it's easier, it's more comfortable. Because when we... That's right. When we go into the light, we're exposed. Now, put this into context, adults. This religious leader has walked up to Jesus at night. Everyone's talking about what they've seen. We've seen these miracles. We've seen him turn water to wine, to, to give a man who's been lame for 38 years the freedom to walk and dance and jump and run. We've seen the man born blind who's been sitting at the temple gates forever, begging for money. We've seen him get his eyesight. We watched as someone begged for Jesus to heal his son, and rather than going and touching him, he just said, go, your son lives. We've seen Lazarus, who's been dead and in the grave for four days, rise again. Everyone's talking about what they've seen. Nicodemus sneaks in at night. This religious leader, the man who should have known all the spiritual answers. The guy who should have understood all the spiritual reality stuff. He sneaks in at night so no one will know he's there. So no one will know that he's actually looking to Jesus for answers since he doesn't have them. And rather than begin speaking about, oh, let me tell you my secret to changing water to wine. Let me tell you my secret to healing. Jesus says, rather than thinking about seeing physical miracles, let's talk about seeing spiritual realities. Let's talk about seeing the kingdom of God. And he goes on this discussion between earthly things and spiritual things. There's wind which we understand, and there's a spirit, which we don't. We have flesh and spirit. We've got miracles and the hidden kingdom of God. And Jesus starts to tie them all together. And rather than go, well, let me tell you how I do my miracles. Let me tell you all these, this information 
Jesus rather says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. Jesus is that connection between the spiritual realities and the physical. Jesus said, how can anyone understand heaven unless he's been there? And so if you want to know, if you want to experience, if you want to understand, then you have to look to one who understands and has experienced both realities. One who's come from the heavenly and the spiritual reality here on earth, who can bridge that gap and make that connection. I think many of us struggle in the same way that Nicodemus does. Maybe in the same way that uh, the crowds do with Jesus. We, We see and understand on a physical level. Jesus, maybe you would say, is a good teacher, a good moral philosopher, a, a, a worker of good deeds. I understand that there's something special and deep and powerful about Jesus. But Jesus is trying to take us to a deeper reality. He's trying to take us out of this physical understanding of how the world works and how our lives work in relation to him into a deeper understanding so that we don't just see Jesus for what he does, We begin to see God at work behind the scenes. Jesus is the bridge. He's the one who connects those gaps. Jesus is the one that God sent from heaven. And so as we wrestle with questions, as we begin to push and wrestle with who is Jesus, How does he work and how does he relate in my life? So many times we get focused on seeing the physical things. Wanting to understand how a particular argument works. Jesus is trying to take us somewhere else. Jesus is trying to get our eyes and our minds and our hearts focused on something bigger, something deeper. And Jesus is the one who bridges that gap between the physical world that we all live in and are all tied to, and the spiritual realities that lie behind what matters most. And it's for those who are willing to be brave, to come into the light, to seek truth and understanding, where, where Jesus steps in that gap, to bridge that gap, so that we can see God at work between behind all the movements in our lives, to see God doing what only he can do. Jesus bridges that gap. Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you for this morning and the opportunity to come together. And and I thank you for good times of fellowship and food the opportunity to change things up in here a little bit. and um, Lord, I pray that, uh, that in this moment that, that you would speak and do what only you can do. That even in our shortened time here together today, that our experience of you would be great. Jesus, would you bridge that gap in our lives? I want you to keep your eyes closed for me and your heads bowed, if you will.
bridges that gap. The crowds were wrestling and trying to understand who is this Jesus and what is it that he's here to do. The religious leaders were wondering how did Jesus do it? They were stuck on on good questions, but not the most important ones. And I wonder what questions you're asking today. The questions that you wrestle with in your own life. your experiences with Jesus. When you look around at your world, the people in it, the situations you're growing through, do you merely just see what's there right in front of you, just the physical world? Or are you aware of spiritual realities? That God is at work, that God is doing. let Jesus bridge that gap. What we're about to do is something that we do every week. Every week we enter into a time of reflection and thought and response. Today's going to be a little bit shorter. The response time will be shorter. But it doesn't need to have any less impact. As Jay leads us in song, maybe you want to stand and sing and proclaim the good, goodness and the greatness of the gap that Jesus has filled in your life, that he has connected you from the physical world to the spiritual realities, as only he can do. Maybe this is a time of prayer and thought for you. Thought and prayer about Jesus and the role that he plays in your life. Maybe this is a time of action. That there are places in your life where you're hiding in darkness, afraid to be exposed, afraid that someone will see you, afraid that what's really in your heart or in your life would become known. And maybe this is a moment of action for you to, to step into the light, to open your heart and your mind and your life to God and what He's Maybe for you, part of that action step is seeing that Jesus came to fill that gap between heaven and earth. A gap that's too big for any of us to cross. That he came to do what only he could do. Because of God's love, he sent his son to die for us so that we don't have to. So that just as John 3.16 says, we can have eternal life. Has Jesus filled that gap between heaven and earth for you today? Have you believed in him? In his life and his death and his resurrection. To fill in that gap. Maybe today, just where you're sitting, 
It's a time for you to pray, to ask Jesus to come into your life and to fill that gap. To close the gap, that chasm between heaven and earth that you'll never fill in your own. This is a time for you to think, to meditate, to pray, and to respond. To respond as God leads you. Lord, thank you. Jesus, thank you for filling that gap. Thank you for doing what only you can do. Would you continue to move in our hearts and speak in our lives? Give us the courage to not hide in darkness, but to walk into the light. Jesus, would you continue to to fill that chasm, that gap between heaven and earth?